Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this is episode 62. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's, it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. You may or may not have been wondering why there wasn't a TWIP episode launched on Friday, the normal release date that I've maintained for basically a year and a half. And there's a good reason for that. And I've been working really hard the last couple of weeks, busy out of the office working, which has been unusual. Last week, I spoke a little bit about this job, but I'll give you a few more details today now that the event is finished. The project that I was working on was for Hasbro, and they had a big virtual conference, sort of like their own Comic-Con, for two days online. I don't know much about collectible toys. That's not my scene. But they did have all these brands that had new product launches, and I guess it's some limited edition things, and people get all excited, and they sell them, and limited quantities, and there was a lot of attention around this. But it was a new thing for Hasbro. They had never done anything like this before, and and from what I gather, they usually err on the side of conservative, and they don't push the boundaries, and this was sort of a step out for them. And the plan was that they would have these panels, multiple panels every day from the brands that they have, Star Wars and G.I. Joe and and Power Rangers and um, Transformers. And there's a whole bunch that they had. But each brand would have their own like little section on this two-day event. And it would be like a... um, presentation, if you will, with the designers or the marketers for that brand. They'd have some special guests. They had uh, Tenacious D performing. They had Jack Black. They had a few different things like that that were, you know, special appearances. And and the whole thing was hosted by a comedian slash actress slash writer producer named Jackie Jennings. And Jackie Jennings was doing this from her home. And I believe the plan from the get-go was that uh, Jackie would do the show from her, her basically her basement, kind of like Wayne's World. And the show would originate from there as the interstitials between these other panels. So she wasn't on air 
she wasn't live for, you know, eight or 10 hours a day, but there would be like a little two minute interstitial or there might be a little Q&A, but they were short hits all throughout the day. Hasbro hired a big agency called Media Monks to run this event, production and all that. I'm not really familiar with them. I, I can only say that based on their website, it seems like they're all over the world. I don't know if that means that they're all virtually in these cities or they have people in these cities, if they have an office in every city. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. I know that the people that I worked with, you know, via this uh, event with Media Monks were all very nice, very professional. Um, there were a lot of people on the other side uh, that seemed to be involved. And the show went off very well. I'll, I'll share the details that I know about it, and I'm going to try to have my contact at Hasbro perhaps come on next week as a guest to fill in some of the pieces about how they planned the event and how it was produced and how uh, it performed from their standpoint as a brand, which I think is interesting. So stay tuned. I'll see if I can put that together. For now, it's Sunday. I, I finished the job on Saturday night. It was a Thursday full day rehearsal. Friday was the day one. Saturday was the day two. Today is Sunday. I'm sitting uh, home in my office. Got a little espresso I just made. And I'm barbecuing, and we have a whole bunch of uh, family coming over for my kid's birthday. So this is a short little break I'm taking, and I'm going to record this podcast just to give you guys the update. So what I can tell you about the show was that they planned for Jackie to run her stream, I believe, herself. And I was brought into it late, later in the process, like only a couple weeks before they were doing the event. So that's why I think it was an afterthought to have actually someone with some production skill with her. And they sent her a camera and they sent her a ring light and they sent her a, you know, LED soft light and they sent her a whole bunch of product to be dressed up in her basement. They sent all this stuff to her and I think she was just not comfortable, rightly so, getting it all set and running the tech it was, you know, a little involved. And the job evolved a little bit. Originally, it was like, well, maybe you can just go down there and get her set up to check the internet. And then, you know, maybe, you know, you babysit the stream. It turned into, uh, we need to shoot some promos. We need to have a better camera because they sent like a little Canon, you know, XV1 or something nothing very exciting. They wanted a large sensor. They wanted shallow depth of field. So I was able to rent my Varicam and some Canon prime lenses and my teleprompter and some lights and some sound pieces. And so it became a little more involved as it went along. For the most part, I would say the event went off as planned. There were a few little technical wrinkles that I'll get into. My understanding of the production was that this was a vMix show. VMix is a software application normally for Windows computers. They don't make a Mac version. As you know, I'm all Mac based. I've looked at VMix. I considered VMix when I was having some issues with Wirecast. And VMix is a little more sophisticated, I would say, than Wirecast. 
Wirecast runs on a Mac or a PC. VMix is only PC. I tried it. I tried running it under boot camp on my Mac laptop. It's just, you know, when you have a software that's like a Windows, I'll say a Windows mindset, it just, for my Mac brain, it just didn't work. I couldn't really process it, like the menus. It just, it didn't work for me. So I went with something called Mimo, but they were using vMix. But it, I don't believe, and I'll try to find out, but I don't believe that there was anyone in the same room. I could be wrong because I didn't ask and I wasn't told and I don't really know. But my belief was that they were running the vMix virtually, like a, what they call a virtual machine. Like on Amazon, you can set up a virtual server. Like we do this with Iditarod. You can set up a virtual server and build it as big or as little as you need for the load that you're going to be processing. And you can scale it up. You can scale it down, and it's dynamic. It's what they call virtual cloud computing or an instance in the cloud. And a lot of companies do it. Teradek has their core cloud, which is a very similar process. And so if you need more horsepower, you spin up more instances. And this is all done. I don't know if it was Amazon, but they're, they're a pretty big player. So I imagine it had something to do with that. The way the show was going to run was that they had their brands like Transformers and Star Wars and G.I. Joe and Power Rangers. And each panel, they had panels and they were going to present their products. And there were maybe three or four people in the panel talking about the product that they were going to release. And those panels, they were being controlled by one vMix control room. And each panel had a room. And then all those rooms fed into a main production control room, which was uh, integrated with some kind of X, I think it was called X-Plane 3D graphics. They like put the video in 3D space and it was moving around a three-dimensional, if you will, a game board and each brand had a section and Jackie as the host would appear in like a little box and then you know she'd move around the board as they went from brand to brand over two days. When we did the tech setup on Thursday before the first day of uh, live streaming, they had sent a live view solo encoder to her house. They had it couriered, I believe, because it was like a last minute decision. And they were transmitting that over two cellular modems and they intended to use Ethernet, but it wound up not working on the solo for some reason. So we had the Wi-Fi and the two cellular modems bonded, and that was, actually it wasn't, I don't think it was bonded. I heard someone say that they couldn't bond it because, you know, when you split up the bits, they have to be put back together in a certain way, and you can't always bond. <clears throat> you just can't bond, like, to anything. It has to go through a, a re-encoding process. So I don't think they were bonding, but they were getting about a six to seven megabit upload on those sources and i don't know how if anything was being spread out i didn't see that part the problem they ran into in the rehearsal was that all the other pieces were using web rtc all the presenters the panelists they were all in vmix calls which is basically a web rtc client and i've been using them in in my live streaming and they work great they're very simple but when you bring something in from a different path not in like that 
uh, vMix call or a WebRTC, you have a delay, a latency delay. We've we've experienced these in Iditarod. Anytime there's signals coming on different paths, you're going to have a delay. And sometimes it's a short delay, like a second or two. Sometimes it's more. And with the Live View Solo, the problem was they were getting about a 10-second delay. And anytime that Jackie had to interact with a panel, which wasn't a ton, but there were a few spots where she needed to go back and forth, they realized the latency was going to be unacceptable. Even to the point where they were using Unity for the intercoms. And that's basically, um, it can be cloud-based. You can run your own instance of it. They were using their own instance of Unity intercom, but even from the delay from the comms to what they would get back from her return video feed was um, 10 seconds or so. So it was very confusing to have that delay and and not be able to cue her and, and know when she was coming in. And so they decided at the last minute, and again, good thing I was there, at the last minute they decided to send a laptop and an encoder card, like a little Blackmagic Ultra Studio um, recorder. And that was going to basically feed the Varicam in right into the vMix call. And I guess the vMix call for Mac is beta because it said beta in the name. So I've never used it, but uh, it was a beta thing, but it worked great. We got the look of the camera, the shallow depth of field, all that, the good audio, and they fed it into vMix. And at least it probably wasn't a six or seven megabit signal. I'm guessing it was probably two or three megabits. But the latency was in line with everything else. So there was no additional latency. And at least she could have a conversation with a panelist or a presenter in a remote spot. And as long as they were all in the vMix call, it would all be the same latency. So that was much better from that standpoint. And then we had um, some little issues like, I don't know what their plan was originally for her to read her scripts because they weren't planning on a teleprompter. We added a teleprompter during rehearsal. And then they were running the show in this, uh, basically it's a spreadsheet, glorified spreadsheet in the cloud, kind of like Google Sheets, but it's called Showflow. And they have all the segments in there and they would dump the script into that segment that she was going to speak. And in the software on my end, so I log into a web page into Showflow and then I go into a teleprompter view and then that scripted area in that whatever segment it was comes up as a teleprompter. And then I would mirror my laptop into the iPad underneath the teleprompter and then she would see the teleprompter script. But I had to run the prompter and not that that's a problem, but I wasn't certainly planning on that. And I'm not a teleprompter operator, so there's subtleties to doing that. But the worst part was that the prompter text for me, since I was mirroring my laptop, since I was mirroring my laptop to the uh, iPad, the text needed to be reversed so that she could see it in the right direction, which means that what was on my screen was reversed. And if you're ever trying to follow along 
and get the timing and the pacing right in sync with your talent. Not being able to read the text. I don't read dyslexia. I This was really hard for me because I wouldn't really know where she was. I could pick up a word or two or if there was a break, I can kind of see it. But it was very frustrating not to be able to have the view be right for me and then mirrored in the prompter. And I, I, there were probably some ways to do this differently. Like if I put in an Android tablet in the prompter, I probably could have remotely controlled that through a screen sharing software. You can't do that with a, a iPad. iOS does not allow for remote control right now. But on Android, you can do it with like TeamViewer. There's probably others. So I thought about doing that, but that was just a little too close to the deadline to, to test. I, I did it for my own live stream with a teleprompter software, and it, it worked pretty well. A little laggy in the screen display, but much better than what I was doing previously for teleprompter, which was actually live streaming it to a YouTube page and then pulling that page up on the tablet. So I ran a prompter. I was the, uh, you know, audio... I was the camera op, I was the floor director, and you know, it was it was fine. You know, her basement is a little bit like Wayne's World. It's a basement and it's not set up as a professional studio, so I had to dress the set. We had to, you know, do some things with um with that to make it work. And then I'm down there for basically 10 hours for 3 days in a row, and it's just not a typical work environment. It wasn't uh, an easy, like I'm sitting in a, like a dining room chair that's down there and I don't have a desk and my laptop's propped up on a couple of cases. And, you know, it was fine. I was happy to have the work. I was happy to be, you know, helpful to, to Hasbro, but it wasn't ideal conditions. And like I said, for the most part, the streams went off without a hitch the Unity Intercom, which I've used before for Iditarod, I do like it. But since everyone was, you know, remote, sometimes like the TD would lose her connection to Unity and it would be all like garbled or the bandwidth wasn't strong enough. So it did make for a few challenging situations where there people are talking and you don't know what they're saying. And then we had one instance where they were feeding her audio in her earpiece originally it was from unity but then since they were going in the vmix webrtc client they had to program not only program audio down the vmix but also control room so they could talk to her and um, i'm assuming that part wasn't really that complicated but at one point she either couldn't hear program or she couldn't hear control room and they were doing a back and forth segment. She was doing like a live interview with a uh, guest and she couldn't hear what they were saying. So she was reading lips. She did a great job, Jackie, did a great job, like reading their lips, seeing when they finished asking a question. And I don't think anyone really knew, but she couldn't really hear. And again, these are all things that can happen on a live stream. And, and you know, it was fine, but things that you have to think about and plan around and make sure you get the details right, very important. You know, occasionally we would have to refresh the vMix client, but for the most part, our end, we had good picture, we had good connectivity, 
They didn't lose any uh, video feeds from us. I think one time it got a little choppy because we took a bandwidth hit. And every now and then, you know, like the Wi-Fi at her house would drop out. I'd lose connection to Unity and we'd come back. So it went went well enough and everyone seemed happy. Everyone seemed like it, it was, you know, pretty smooth. So for the most part, I think job well done by everyone. So that's my week in production this week. I will try to get someone from Hasbro to come on and talk about the production just because I think it was bigger than I'm aware of perhaps on the other side, but that will be for next week. Hopefully for now, thanks for listening. See you next time. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.